I remember we were like a mile and a half from the finish and Gil was pacing me and he's like, you got this, you know? And I was like, don't say that. Like Claire's <laughs> like right behind me. And I remember we get into this town and the, it, the town is like city and it's like probably maybe three fourths of a mile, like half a mile to three fourths of a mile. And I see her behind me. And then I just started, like, she started sprinting, I started sprinting, and it was, like, so wild to be in a 50-mile race, and then, like, she finished 30 seconds behind me. Wow. And, yeah, that was just, like, an insane moment of, like, I was, like, running and, like, almost cheering up, because, like, if I lose right now, I would be (laughs) so mad. Hi, and welcome to the Audacious Health Podcast, where we dive into the wholehearted and imperfect cultivation of our own well-being and the health of our communities. No quick fixes, no shortcuts, just honest conversations to challenge and inspire you to maximize your potential right where you are. Hi friends, it's your host Chauncey Carroll, and today I'm super excited to introduce you to my friend Hannah Allgood. Hannah is a physical therapist turned elite mountain athlete and trail runner. She is a running and strength conditioning coach for free trail experts, which combines mental health, physical therapy, and nutrition coaching under one house. Hannah entered the professional running world in 2022 with some ultramarathon wins after only beginning trail running into 2019. So needless to say, she's a powerhouse. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Hey, thanks for having me, Chauncey. (laughs) Watching your transformation over the last few years has been insane, like super exciting. Um, Have you like always been an athlete? I feel like you have like a background in sports, but this like elite athlete in you has been like decently new yeah it's a I was actually driving over here today because we've known each other now for a long time yeah. I want to say like 2015 or 2016 yeah. is yeah. probably when we first met through friends and yeah. it's like there's not a lot of people like I feel like nowadays like people either know like the old Hannah or like the new quote-unquote new Hannah and it's, <laughs> sure. it's just it's kind of fun to like have people kind of see that change because it's definitely evolved into something that I had no idea that it was going to but yeah growing up um I was the youngest of four and so always been very stupid competitive (laughs) with my siblings like everything you know um just needed to be the best but yeah I grew up ballet was the first thing I was actually in when I was three my dad made every single one of us do ballet I don't know why but today he's still like that's why you don't get injured a lot and I was like I don't know okay well working for me (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then like the two sports I really loved was basketball and soccer so loved basketball I was like obsessed with it but you know I'm five 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 six on a good day so it was like always like an uphill like I knew I had to like try really hard to do this and Mm. be better but yeah, I just loved it. And then um, kind of after that, I think like most people, like after your high school careers, if you decide not to compete at the next level collegiately, just kind of like lost in the world of like my identity was sure. athletics. And then, yeah, so kind of started running. And then now the trail running thing was 100% for my husband, Gil. Like he found all the stuff and wanted to do it. And I still remember 
first run, we went on a trail run and it was in North Shine Canyon and it's this called Middle Columbine. It is terrible. It is so hot and it's so steep. And I just remember being like, this is the, like, this is the worst. I think we ran two miles and I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> like never, ever. Not for me. No, because it, it was just so brutal. And when you're used to running, you like whatever X amount pace. And then mm-hmm. you do that on a trail and it's like significantly slower. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then he signed up for an ultra race and then I signed up for one and did it. And I was like, ah, there's so much I could do better. And but like I got second, which was a surprise because I walked. On your first race? Yeah. So wow. it was really fun. Yeah, it was a big <laughs> surprise because I walked so much because I was just like dead. Like the first time you run 31.5 miles, you're like, oh, that's so what, far. Is, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, and then that just fueled like everything. And so it's been really fun to like compete against myself, but have that edge again. Just like you said, like kind of lose that identity of like pushing yourself and now we can kind of find that again. So it's been fun. That's so cool. Do you feel like there was a defining moment for you where you realized like you went from, oh, I kind of like this to like, wow, I could be like really good at this? Yeah, it's it's an interesting, I always like to use the metaphor of like when you're in high school, you know, you're like on the freshman squad and you're like, yeah, yeah, we're the best freshman team. And you get to JV and you kind of get like beat up a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you get to varsity and you're like, oh my God, like these people are so good. Mm -hmm. And so it's been kind of fun over the last couple of years, like that stepwise process of, okay, I want to do this event to get more confident. And then, okay, now I'm going to do it against like a little bit more competition. And then you go do that over and over. Cause the first time I ever raced a pro athlete was actually in 2020. It was my old coach and oh, fun. she stomped me. And I was like, well, maybe I have a lot further to go. <laughs> but then actually like last year, um, the hundred K that I won early in the season in 2022, that was like the first time that I had beaten some sponsored runners and some people that I like were fast. And I was like, am I like, can I do this? Can mm-hmm. I? And so that was probably the biggest moment where I was like, I'm going to go very far into this and like, see what I can do. And cause I going into that race that weekend, like I wasn't mentioned on any previews, like yeah. of like, Oh, they're good or whatever. And at that point, you know, I'd won smaller races, but nothing big. And then after I won, everyone was like, who the heck is this? And then that was my moment. I was like, maybe I can do this. And then, you know, then I competed internationally and kind of, I mean, kind of get my butt kicked a little (laughs) bit, you know, and it was great, but it was that same thing. It's like, okay, well now I want to go to this next level. So you're going to get beat around a little bit, but then you're going to find your way. So yeah, it's been, been really fun. But also I think for me, the biggest grounding is like, I have so many friends that are outside of it that it's like, it's, a part of my life but I have like so much other stuff that I love to do and yeah so it's been wild that but yeah last year 2022 is like the first like moment of like wow I'm like doing this stuff yeah (laughs) what a cool flex like walk up unknown win the race like okay yeah it's wild um and I just remember like before that race like my friends um, that had ran with me before, like, you can win. Like, you can win this race. And I, was, I think they believed in me more than myself. I was like, if I just get top three or, like, top five, I'll be happy, you know. Yeah. So that was pretty a pretty special moment. And I would say that was a catalyst that, like, definitely changed my my life, which is interesting also to think about of, like, before the race, I – 
And I also, my friends are also like, we think you can win, but also like, if you don't, like nothing's going to change and you're yeah. just going to come home and like, and then it's like, even if you win, probably nothing's going to change. And then it really actually did change everything. Um, mm-hmm. And it's crazy. That was like a year and a half ago because yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago um, from who I was. So yeah, that's so fun. And like you said, you kind of had this great foundation, like your husband, you didn't know you before mm-hmm. at this, like if this is complete change but Mm -hmm. just along for the ride and the journey and (laughs) yeah and uh, we always joke but um I'm always like yeah this got every well not everyone but I would say people close to me I'm like yeah this is more than I ever had could have imagined like Gil and I've been together now like seven years and Mm -hmm. at the start of our relationship versus now like we would have never thought and so it's just funny where your life takes you sometimes and he always jokes too because as much as I love sports and was like super competitive growing up my my dad specifically was always like sports will take you nowhere and now it's hilarious (laughs) because you know my mom went to Thailand with me and my parents went to Austria with me and it's just like so funny because he always jokes like well clearly sports take you nowhere versus now it's like just taking me everywhere which is so awesome yeah so can you now beat Gil in running I wish that he it's like it's so funny because he can just like he is so naturally talented that kind of love it, those people yeah it's like he can, he'll like not run for months and we'll go on one run and I'm like why are you so far ahead of me it's so annoying um so I always we always joke like in the short stuff he will always beat me but the long stuff I think that's where like just because of how much I've been running for so long like I always I think I'll pretty much usually win, but anything short, it's like, it's almost like the annoyance of like, how are you just so good all the time without trying? Yeah. But, but yeah, he's, uh, he's been an integral part to all of it. So yeah, yeah. that's super fun. Yeah. Well, it's been, you know, a short couple of years, but do you feel like you've had like a favorite moment on the trail or a favorite race, maybe besides the one that you just mentioned? Yeah. I, every race is so different and you learn like so much about yourself, like Mm -hmm. during those races and gosh, a favorite moment is man, it's so hard, but I think some of my favorite moments are honestly just like seeing my crew like at aid stations. And Mm. I know that sounds like cheesy, but seeing someone that like, you know and that they love you and you just see them and they're like you know like you got this like let's go and you're like all right let's go (laughs) um but one of my I probably would say my second favorite moment is last year I ran this race San Juan Solstice and I ran it against this girl Claire Gallagher who I'm sure if you're in the running world you know who she is she's pretty much won everything she's a powerhouse an insane closer so talented and I remember we were like a mile and a half from the finish and Gil was pacing me and he's like, you got this, you know? And I was like, don't say that. Like Claire's <laughs> like right behind me. And I remember we get into this town and the, it, the town is like city and it's like probably maybe three fourths of a mile, like half a mile to three fourths of a mile. And I see her behind me. And then I just started, like, she started sprinting, I started sprinting oh and it was like so wild to be in a 50 mile race. And then like, she finished 30 seconds behind me. Wow. And Dang. yeah, that was just like an insane moment of like, I was like right, running and like almost cheering up. Cause like if I lose right now, I'll be <laughs> so mad. Um, but that was a really like fun moment to also recognize like when you're so tired and then your adrenaline, like you're just like, I have to go now. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're just like 
sprinting and you've been waddling for the like the last like 50 miles <laughs> a little so inner mountain lion came yeah. out yeah and then she had taught me a lot after the race like she finished and was like that was so fun like <laughs> that was so awesome and it was such a good lesson to me of like mm-hmm. oh right like we do this because we love it and obviously want to win but like mm-hmm. it's just so fun to compete against other people and you can take so much like from that and mm-hmm. I think it's important to be like I don't want to say like a gracious loser, but like understanding, like sometimes you're not going to win, but like, Mm -hmm. what can you take away? And also like appreciate like, wow, these women were so fast. Like, how did you do that so fast? And just like celebrating that side of things a little bit more than like being down on yourself. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It's like viewing that as like, Hey, we're suffering together. This is awesome (laughs) that we're women doing this and like, not just like in it for dominating each Mm -hmm. other. Like you do want to dominate them, but at the end of the day, give them like a hug. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the fun thing. I have grown so much with a lot of my competitors of like, Mm. you know, you just both did this insane thing. And like, whether you win or I win, it's still like, we just did that like that's insane and so that's been really fun um just to see that that journey as well and then um I know you said one thing but now I'm thinking of another one it's like I'm also being like on team USA this year that was really really fun and incredible and you know the race unfortunately was a rough one for me but it was just like being there knowing like five years earlier I watched that and was like there's no way I could ever do that and there I am at the start line, like just such a surreal moment. So, wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, what about like worst moments, worst dates? Have you had any like bottom moments? Yeah. Yeah. Actually worlds was one of those moments. Mm. Um, and the reason why is like, I felt it was the first race that I ever really felt like there was a switch that got turned and there was like no turning back from it. And so Mm. it was pretty wild because I was, halfway through the race, like miles, it was at 86 K. So about 50 miles. And I was like on mile 27, 28. And I was like, okay, it's like time to turn it up. Like you feel good. You feel awesome. I was like, so stoked. Cause I was like, heck yeah. Like I feel so good right now. And then it was like two miles later, it was like, I was puking on the side of the trail. Oh, wow. Like couldn't get water in, couldn't get food in oh, and no. just like had to basically walk like nine miles. And in Austria, it's cool because they have like all the little water spouts on the side of the trail just like from the mountains and like fountains and things and I was just like laying in fountains like trying to cool off because I knew it was like overheated and I couldn't like and that was probably like honestly the worst because it also was pretty tough um at the U.S. like in the world champs it's all based on like your team score so yes you can get like first second third by yourself but it's Mm. based on like how the top three runners do as a combined oh, score okay. and then you place and so it's it's pretty tough because I at that point I was like second um for our team and then third for our team and so it was like if I fall apart right now like we probably won't medal and it unfortunately happened and there was mm-hmm. just like no turning back and there's nothing worse than just like sitting in an aid station with like cold towels and you're like puking and you can't drink oh, water man. and people are like you want to like keep going and you're trying so hard but you're just like you know it's like a poor decision um so that was probably the worst as far as just like I was upset for like feeling so incredible and like being really proud of like the race I was putting together and then all of a sudden it was just like done I was like Yeah. yeah there's no getting me out of this aid station so pretty wild 
Yeah, it's an yeah. epic thing, like, either way, whether things, like, finally work out or if everything yeah. falls apart, like, that you're kind of pushing your body to the limits, and mm-hmm. sometimes you don't know what those limits are until you, like, hit them. Yeah, and I, I always say it's also uh, a blessing and a curse is, like, being a healthcare provider. Like, right. it's helped me so much, but also in those moments, you're like, okay, well, this is heat exhaustion, and yeah. the next is heat stroke. Like, yeah. well, how far can I push myself where it's, like, mm. you think about those things of, like, the long-term consequences versus – if I didn't have the knowledge I have, I'd probably be like, mm. oh, I, like it's whatever and sure. I can keep going. And maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it would have been fine and maybe it wouldn't have been fine. We don't know. But uh, sometimes that side of things, your like rational brain takes over where you're like, I forget sometimes like this is a also a dangerous thing we're doing yeah. um, as much as we all all love it. So, yeah. yeah, let's dive into that a little more with you having a physical therapy background. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that color your own training and also like how you approach coaching yeah so honestly it's been the biggest blessing of like understanding as an athlete it's really hard sometimes to be like oh my ankle hurts or oh my knee hurts like I always hate like not complaining but sometimes like I don't know growing up I was always like yeah you're fine like just keep going (laughs) um but now it's been really helpful as a runner especially for just the um, like the repetitive nature of running, like it, le- it leads to a lot of injuries. And so for me, like being able to have a niggle or a pain and like know what I need to do, it's been mm. super changing. Huge of advantage. Like, yeah. And even just understanding, like if I expect X thing out of my body, mm. like I need to take care of my body. I can't mm. just expect like not 15 anymore. I can't just like, (laughs) you know, run my body into the ground and Mm -hmm. do nothing to help that. And so Mm -hmm. that I think also is a huge perspective change that in coaching that Mm -hmm. took me a little bit to get into the coaching because I didn't know how to balance it between like my running and PT and all that. And so, but then I saw like there's a huge influx of coaches and I felt like I had something that was different that you can offer. And I want to really keep recreational and elite and anybody anybody that wants to run running because if you look at the research it's like I don't know 80% of runners are injured and it's like I believe it (laughs) and it's like a lot of that is just like training variables or not understanding what you're doing or anything like that where it's like if I can give each person a little bit of knowledge of like hey I know your knee hurts today but if we don't deal with it today Mm -hmm. and then we keep doing the same thing Like, it's not going to get better if you keep doing that. And so having that guidance with athletes and an open conversation of like, hey, like, I want to help you and I want to make sure you're healthy, but I also can't help you if you don't talk to me about it. And so, yeah, and I've, it's invaluable, honestly, for like my, my own career and then also helping athletes just stay healthy. Definitely. Because I think we've always at least me as an athlete have been to different physical therapists or whatever where they say well just stop climbing or just yeah. you know the people like probably worried that you're going to tell them just to stop running mm-hmm. and it's like I think as a runner you know you can probably identify with that and like okay I know you're probably not going to just stop so like what can we do to like you can keep running but let's add in mm-hmm. this or change this that's probably huge for people who are used to just getting shut down and t- being told to stop yeah one well, especially it's so de- independently like 
important on the injury because it's like yeah obviously if you have a broken bone you're taking a break but a lot of times like if it's more of like a tendon issue like a tendinopathy or tendonitis like the average person doesn't understand like actually if you just do complete rest it's not actually helpful typically like a tendinopathy it's like tendons don't like overstress and they don't like too little stress so it's like trying to find that balance but yeah obviously anybody that's an active person it's like if you tell them just like don't do anything you're like well that's not helpful yeah and so all that that advice (laughs) yeah it's like that same thing for me if someone was just like just don't do that and you're like "Mm, not an option (laughs) yeah I'm not gonna not do that and that's 100% runners too and you know any athlete that really cares about their sport they're Mm -hmm. like gonna find ways to like do what they want to do and even having that conversation with athletes has been really beneficial of like hey, like, this is what we have to pivot and do. And, like, Mm -hmm. also, if you understand, like, this could take a little bit longer if we don't do X, Y, Z thing and they are okay with that, then it's like, all right, well, then we'll keep going. And obviously, then you're looking at safety and things like that. But having that knowledge has helped a lot, even in the side of, like, my own athletes where something will pop up randomly during training. And it's like, okay, we can address this right away. And then they keep going. So makes it sure that's not a big issue down the road. 100%. What valuable information. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like there's a big mistake that people make typically like when they start training? Yeah, every – well, not everyone. (laughs) I think it's um, one of the biggest things that is a pro and a con is like the social media platforms of any sort that tracks training that you can Hmm. see what other people are doing. And the only reason I say that is like – People like to go, like, too hard too quickly. Like, hey, say I look up to X amount of X person. I'm like, oh, they're running 120 miles. Like, Mm -hmm. I should run 120 miles. And it's like, just because they're doing it, like, you shouldn't necessarily do that. And so a lot Mm -hmm. of times people just get really excited about something. And so they, like, dive all in. But then they don't realize, like, hey, I haven't been running that long. And now I'm running 40 miles a week. And the Mm -hmm. most I've done before is five. It's like, well that is a huge increase in activity. And so we need to look at that as well as just overall intensity. It's, I think it's especially even in the elite side of things, like I have to catch myself all the time, like, oh my gosh, this person ran 20 miles on 11,000 feet of vert and I only did 4,000 feet of vert. Like I should be doing that, you know? And it's like, you can just really have that comparison of what they're doing and without any context about anything. And so usually it's like, just too much, too quickly, not recovering or not eating enough, mm. um, all of those, all of yeah. those things. Yeah. yeah. Cause you get to see like the quick 10 second snapshot of like them at the top of the mountain mm-hmm. after this huge run, they look happy. They're like sparkling, <laughs> beautiful, you know, and, but you didn't see like the hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and months and maybe years of like foundational work that they put in to like get to that point or like, yeah. oh well I've done a 14 or now I can just like do four <laughs> yeah exactly and I even look at my my own training I was actually talking to a friend about this today so the next race I'm I'm doing is the same race I did last year at this time and even my training now like is so much more than I, my training leading into it last mm. year but it's like I have a whole other year of training under yeah. my belt. So like I know what my body can tolerate and I know I've been working at this for a year. It's not like all of a sudden I jumped up to X amount of miles or gain or effort or whatever. And I think people just go get really excited about things, but it's like consistency is much more important than intensity. It's like if you're totally. too intense, like you're just going to burn yourself out, whether physically, mentally or the likes. And so 
yeah, it's really easy to compare what people are doing and want to do that. Or even like, yeah, like little reels on Instagram, people are like sprinting up a mountain. I'm like, yeah. you realize that was for like the 20 seconds yeah. of the reel, <laughs> right? Like, like fast hiking. Yes, yes. You're not like doing that usually. Um, and so, yeah, it's, a, it's easy to look at, look at like whatever it is and try to emulate it. But if you don't really understand what you're doing, it's like, you're not probably setting yourself up super well. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure it depends on the injury, but Mm -hmm. like if someone comes to you with that Mm -hmm. injury, like how would you kind of coach them physically and maybe even mentally like through that injury throughout a season? Yeah. So injuries obviously are are so tough, especially when it's during the race season, like the Mm -hmm. summer, there's so many races, even just like adventure runs. Like there's so much cool stuff to see, like alone in Colorado, let alone Mm -hmm. everywhere else in the world. And so I try to have first having like a really open dialogue with them of like, hey, this injury that you have, this is the typical progression as far as like how long this could take, like what you're going to experience and just really trying to be honest with them of like, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. And they're like, but you need to have this good communication with me. Um, And it really just depends. Yeah. Like on the injury and what we do. And so I think The physical side is usually we do lots of like Zoom calls or if Mm -hmm. they are local, like I'll even go see them, check things out, make sure everything's moving well. Like, am I missing a piece where like why your ankle is still hurting? Guide them through. And if it's beyond what I think, like if I think it's more of like a nutritional something that we need to address, it's like, hey, these are the resources that you need to seek out and go. And then it is such a open conversation of like, also like this sucks right now and like being like okay with saying that because I think sometimes you know we see people that are injured and then on social media they're like it's fine though and it's like they're you know they're dealing with that a little bit more and I think Mm -hmm. there needs to be more awareness of like it's okay to be sad when you're injured and like upset and like why me like that's a normal thing to feel and like just kind of also validating that with them like just because this person appears to be like happy-go-lucky and like it'll be (laughs) fine it's like they're dealing with that too and so also then showing them like incremental gains like hey I know this is small but like last week we couldn't even walk 45 minutes and now we're running two minute intervals Mm. and sometimes like reminding those of the progress like when you look at the big goal of like running you know whatever 100 miles and you're like I can't run a mile right now it's like well yeah it's gonna be very daunting but if we're like take a step back at the big picture and like hey this isn't where we want to be but like this is what we're doing and like this is the progress we're making and also just reminding them like I'm here for you like I'm trying I want to help you through this um and that it has been super helpful yeah it seems cool that your coaching team is made up of dietitians mental health experts physical therapists such Mm -hmm. as yourself like that seems like a really unique thing in the trail running like Mm -hmm. endurance running kind of thing yeah and I mean it's even unique within healthcare systems yeah Um, that's true like and it's something that we yeah it's super unfortunate like even you know I work at children's hospital and we've got now even like a the running athlete clinic is what it is called and it has one of our non-op docs it has our dietitian and then it has us pts and there's not a lot of places you can find that where it's like truthfully we have to look at the whole athlete and that's mm. what I would say is another defining thing within free trail is like hey these are the resources of people that we trust and think that can help you and so if I maybe can't help you like hey you need to talk to this person um, giving those resources and also understanding like 
the lines you walk of like, hey, like I can give you my idea, but I'm not a surgeon or whatever. Right. Um, and being okay with like that concept of like, I don't know the answer, but I can give you resources to help you find that answer. Yeah. So, yeah. Super awesome. Mm-hmm. What would be your own like best injury prevention tips that you wish like everyone would do? Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> Honestly. People forget about that. Honestly, it's like as cheesy as that sounds, it's like the one biggest thing that I have changed in my like life in the last couple of years. Like I go to bed, I get home from, you know, work usually like seven, seven thirty, I'm making dinner, I eat dinner, and then I'm like, all right, it is eight thirty. I yep. am going to bed right now. <laughs> and like forcing myself to do that maybe that's not correct in the you know eating late and sleeping early whatever but that's one thing then I I understand obviously like when you have children and things life gets challenging <laughs> yeah a little yeah, bit sometimes like changed, but I think one of the that's one of the big things and also honestly like eating enough like those mm. small things like runners typically don't eat enough which yeah is like obviously a long standing thing, but even that is something where, Hey, when I get back from my run, even if it's eight miles, it's like, I'm drinking a protein shake and then I'm eating breakfast and then I'm having a snack, you know? And it's like thinking about then changing that idea as well. Cause originally when I started running, I was like, I'm running to not eat basically, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and so people forget about how much that recovery piece of just, having a protein drink or something like that right after training and getting enough sleep like these small variables are really really important to you know feel better but then I, I feel like I do so many things now it's like like the massage gun and then I've got like my roll recovery and then I'm like yeah let's go do the sauna and then the cold plunge and like let me put my Normatex on but I think it's like all that stuff is great but there's so many small variables to do like again like eating enough sleeping drinking enough like those things alone will help drastically. Yeah, so, exponentially. Yeah. Not as, not as sexy as like Normatec boots, no. but probably more helpful. <laughs> yes. And it's like just something I try to always, I think this other thing is like I try to always have options for everyone. Like, mm. hey, this is a pretty much free option that you can do, whether that's just stretching, like you don't have to pay anyone to stretch during a commercial on TV or like mm-hmm. during whatever. It's like, if that's what you can do, like, then let's do that and make sure that we make it accessible to everyone. Because I get it. It's like, Normatex are expensive. I'm not expecting mm-hmm. my athletes to have that. Or that is not the expectation. It's like, hey, if you don't have that, then we need to incorporate XYZ thing. That'll also be helpful in a different way. So what are your favorite recovery strategies at the moment? Yeah. So I always, people, I feel like sometimes I get a little bit of flack for this, but I love foam rolling and people are like, it's stretching. It's not stretching out your IT bands. One, I want to say that it's impossible, (laughs) but I also like, that's something that it's really easy. Like a foam roller costs, you know, 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I can buy one of those. And I, it's for me, it's like a subjective, like I feel better after I do that. And so I'm going to use that as much as I can. Um, So that's probably one of my ultimate favorite things that I do. And then I also do um, like normal stretching. Like I have a couple of imbalances within like my own body that it's like, okay, I have Mm -hmm. to adjust like this is really tight on this side. So I have to stretch X thing on this side, but I have to stretch the other thing on this side. (laughs) And so it's like, those are other big tools of like 
using. And that's from what I've learned just from like having my own really smart colleagues, like, Hey, fix me, like show me what I need to do and just tell me. Cause as much as even myself, it's easy to like recognize what I need to work on, but having someone else just be like, no, like this is what you need to work on. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll do it. So yeah, (laughs) those are probably my, my biggest things that I do right now. That's cool. I think it's like, we often are looking for like the cool gadget that's going to help us like fix everything. Like I love massage gun, but Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, they can be a 400 bucks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, stretching is yeah. Free. I can do that. Like foam rolling. I can find one, probably a Goodwill or Target for, yeah. Like you said, 10 bucks. It doesn't have to be expensive. No. When stretching too, especially with running, since it's such like a linear Mm. sport, like you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And it's yeah. like you really do need to spend some time static stretching. A couple of years ago, there was a big argument against static stretching and you should do dynamic stretching. Mm-hmm. But like the argument around that was essentially that static stretching will like slow down your speed. But it's like um, uh-huh. it's done in a sprinter. Like I'm not sprinting a yeah. hundred meter dash. So it's <laughs> sure. like, hey, like this static stretching isn't going to make you slower when we're running X amount of miles. Um, totally makes and sense. that's where it's like, you have to take time. Cause with my ballet, it's actually kind of funny. I guess this is also part of just like getting older, but I used to be able to like do the splits all three ways and all this stuff. And now I'm like, can barely touch my toes. And I'm like, this is so bad. Um, but that's like, it's like, I just use those muscles so much that right. it's like, no, I need to stretch that at least keep, some sort of mobility there so yeah yeah. I have a whoop strap that Uh I've been using for like the last almost year and one of my like top things that contributes to my recovery is stretching which is like insane I would have never guessed I'm like oh I thought it would be like my cold plunge or my you know all these things like nope stretching is like one of the top things and I like maybe do it for like 10 or 15 minutes a day like it's not long but somehow I'll just like boom that's so wild that's (laughs) awesome though so it's like encouraging because you're like okay that's like a huge factor that like actually helps my recovery yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah so what does your nutrition look like during training these days gosh honestly I eat anything and everything that's in like, truthfully, it's like one of the biggest thing. There's just been a bigger influx lately of, um, just like stress reactions or stress injuries within the running community. And part of that is just obviously overall, um, just stress on our body. But I used to be very, 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 very too bad strict on what I was like eating and drinking. And, and now it's like, has to be a little bit more lax like in the sense that I know I need to take in a lot of calories all of the time if priority number one yeah so it's like I'm trying to eat before I run I come back and I eat and then I eat breakfast and then I have a snack and then have a lunch and sometimes like to the point where maybe this isn't good but it's like I'm like uncomfortably full but I'm like I I know I need to eat that much because I can feel it when I don't um Mm -hmm. and so Nutrition wise, I feel like I eat a lot of rice and vegetables and meat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like tons of rice, and it is kind of funny when other people, you know, you just need that for the amount that I'm training. So I try to keep it pretty even keel. It's like if I'm hungry at 9 p.m. and I need a snack, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna like eat a snack. Just do it. <laughs> and yeah, and still, I would say overall, it's like a very healthy diet you know it's like a protein smoothie in the morning with spinach and berries and chia seeds and then like a protein bar and then lunch is usually like some sort of 
like fried rice or something like that. And then similarly, it's like, okay, I'm going to have a snack of, you know, mango or whatever. And then similar dinner, it's like, okay, I got to have this carb or like pasta. And I also just try to really listen to my body Mm -hmm. of like, I eat a lot of pasta, which I never ate a lot of pasta. I'm like, I am always hungry for pasta. (laughs) So it's like, okay, like my body is telling me I need something. And then I recently also like not sponsored by these people, but I started taking AG1, like athletic Mm -hmm. greens. Because honestly, I felt bad that I wasn't eating as much greens before. I was like, I feel like I need to eat because I used to eat uh, like a big salad for lunch. But now it's like, don't got I, room for that well if i eat a salad for lunch i am starving yeah. in like an hour i'm like i, I can't even do it mm-hmm. so i i still incorporate salads but i started doing that too because i'm like i just feel like i should have more greens <laughs> in my diet um yeah. But yeah so it's pretty pretty free-flowing and i try to really just listen like hey what am i hungry for and like that is really really important and then you know fueling during runs is not a very exciting thing. Yeah. Usually it's just me trying get to it in. get, yeah, and like gels and things. Like usually on like fun adventure days where mm-hmm. I'm not like taking training as seriously. It's like, yeah, I'll bring like a croissant or yeah. like a sandwich <laughs> and like Doritos or like all the fun, fun things, mm-hmm. candy, things mm-hmm. like that. But a lot of my runs, because it's so focused on the performance side, it's like, all right, gels for breakfast. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to like eat what you do on race day to like train your gut, and oh, so sure. that's a little less uh, less exciting, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have any like favorite trail snacks? Oh my gosh! Like if I again, if I can just be out, I like always do bags of like gummy candies. Nice. Like so, many. I like love nerd clusters or like any of the like. Scandinavian swimmers from like Trader Joe's <laughs> or like Sour Patch Peach. I do a lot of like quick glucose candies. Sure. Um, and then other favorite things, like I'm such a sucker for Cool Ranch Doritos. They're my favorite. <laughs> so I always have those like either in the car for afterwards or like during. And so that's like, and then I really, like I said, mentioned earlier, like mango, um, big mango fan it has a lot of carbs in it. And yeah. so I usually get like the soft juicy mango from Trader Joe's it's nice. the the lesser healthy version yeah. <laughs> but they're so good and it's uh those are probably my like top three so lots of sugar which is probably really good for me <laughs> yeah well this is the moments that you yeah, need it right yeah. so like if there's ever a time to eat this way it is now <laughs> yeah exactly and it's yeah that's a a good reminder to myself too it's like we, I know I need to eat it so or like get some sort of calories in and um, think that like I've worked with a couple of dietitians, um, in the past of just like, Hey, like, am I eating enough in general, like during mm-hmm. the week or during mm-hmm. the day? And like, what does it look like on a run? Cause it's just so easy to think you're eating enough, but then yeah. when you really like write it out, I'm like, Ooh, I gotta eat a little bit more somehow, you know? Right. So. Cause even on your rest days, you're still trying to top off all of your stores for mm-hmm. like the next run yeah (laughs) one a lot of that too like the research coming out about just like calorie um why can't I think of it deficit if like Mm -hmm. if you're three days deficit Mm -hmm. calories you're already at like a I can't remember the exact percentage but like a significant percentage of like at risk for a bony injury so interesting I mean only after three days yeah so I'd have to find like the specific but it's like that's where I'm like, oh, I like know I need to be yeah. doing this. Like three Super days important. is not a long time. Like no. racing once, you're at, you know, deficit 
huge deficit for Mm -hmm. a couple of days. You're like, oh my gosh, I need to replenish that. So yeah. Yeah. What about some go-to gear for you? Oh my gosh. Can't live without it. (laughs) Honestly, now it's probably like my, uh, like Lecky, Lakey poles. So yeah, (laughs) I used to be such a like hardcore against poles, but Mm. now after you race in Europe, you're like, these things are amazing. (laughs) They're just like, so Steve, that's probably one of my like biggest gears but then the other big thing would just honestly be like a really good vest um so like Mm. a pack where you can carry your water carry Mm. your gels i used to hate wearing vests but it's on these long days if i'm spending four or five hours out there that's a huge one and then last one is a filter water bottle so like a life straw or something like that it's like it's hard when you're doing these huge loops for again like five hours there's no way I can carry enough water. Yeah, so, it's not like, like there's a whole bunch of aid stations yeah, out there. Yeah, honestly, there's nothing out there. So you're like, in if I'm care, I can't carry ten bottles of water yeah. or whatever. <laughs> right. And so, having some sort of filter has been so nice on a water bottle because then you can just like, here in Colorado, there's enough streams that are flowing where you just like, put in the flowing stream, and I'm like, I, I feel good. I'm not gonna like get any crazy yeah. things. And so that's probably like number one is like a, having a filter water bottle for summer. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Are you like a watch data kind of person? Yes. And for other people, yes. For myself, less. Okay. So <laughs> I, I feel like I, I look at like my athletes data a lot more than I look at my own. Oh. Um, and honestly, that's just because I get a little bit in my head. So like say sure. I wake up, like I have an aura ring and my say my HRV is low. It's yeah. like I don't look at a ton of that because it's like if I – slept less or like my HRV mm. is low it's like oh do I feel terrible and then I'm like Hannah you're just like looking at this but not actually paying attention to like yeah. how you actually feel and so yeah. I spend more time like looking at my athletes to be like hey what is their data looking at mm. versus my own because I just I think I just get too much in my head and I'm also just like a if it's about me it, I get way too into it of like oh this split was x like you know I ran this faster than this split and Mm -hmm. like oh am I getting worse because that split was off yeah and it just was like I'll leave it it. yeah I'll just leave I'm like I'll leave that to my coach she can look at my data and tell me what's what's good or bad (laughs) and like I just kind of go I go a lot more on on feel and just like if I'm feeling a little bit more fatigued like okay we're just gonna like run slower and Mm -hmm. that's just how it's gonna be so yeah yeah that's cool that makes sense yeah how do you prepare yourself mentally before a race yeah this has actually been such a fun thing that I've learned more and more and so you know originally when we started this like or when I started I guess running is like I was nervous but like it didn't really matter like I was like no one knows who I am and like I'm just gonna like do this thing versus I noticed in like the last year like after my first international race and then mm-hmm. like racing again internationally is like I was realizing how much like my mental side was just lacking because th- a lot of it is just everything happened so quickly right. that I wasn't like mentally prepared for like everything you yeah, know of, like change yeah and like stepping on this line with these runners that I've like looked up for years and I'm <laughs> like oh my gosh that's holy crap she's uh-huh. I'm running like I'm at the start line with this person uh-huh. like are you sure I should be here um and so that was something in November December of this past year I like sought out a, like a sports psych mental training so it's like this area is like something that I know I need to be better because I was getting to the point where like it would be a week before the race and I'm like 
barely trying like trying to eat but like I would feel like I was like gonna vomit every two seconds because I was like so nervous and so stressed of like what if I let my sponsor down or like mm. what if I let like other friends yeah, down and like just pressure yeah and I and a lot of it was like it was put on by myself like no yeah. one was like ever like oh my gosh you know putting the pressure on me but uh-huh. it was like you know these people believe in me now and like mm-hmm. what if I don't live up to that and so mm-hmm. That was a side where I found like new strategies of like that she gave me of like, hey, we got to look at all these things and even little things day to day, like giving yourself credit for small things like, hey, I put the dishes away today. Like that is a kudos to me. Yeah. Um, And then like extrapolating that out into like a week before a race, like I spent a lot of time journaling and like Mm. reflecting on how I'm feeling and then setting up just like different goals for myself and then post-race always I do the same like what went well like what Mm. didn't go well and like what did I learn and I Mm. think having that growth mindset of Mm. like I want to continue to get better and you're gonna have times where it's not gonna be great but if you actually understand like you're gonna get better at it and I always think one of my favorite books they talk about like when kids first start walking they fall a thousand times, but they still yeah. try to get up versus somehow when we're adults, when someone tells you something negative or something goes wrong, you're like, mm. well, I'm terrible That's and I'm it, awful yeah. and like, I don't want to keep going. And so mm. that was one thing where she taught me a lot better. At, like if you're not, you know, winning a race, like you're learning about how you're doing and you're giving yourself a process and giving yourself grace in those moments of hey, what, what did go well? Like mm-hmm. there has to be at least one thing that went well in that race. Yeah. So especially after Worlds, I spent a lot of time thinking about that of like, hey, these are all the things that went really well. And like mm-hmm. the end result was not what you wanted, mm-hmm. but now you're more prepared for that next step. And then um, I think also mentally just being aware that it's going to take time, you know, Um what you want to achieve is going to take time. And even if you look at the best athletes ever, it's like the best athletes ever have never, they've lost at least once or something Mm -hmm. hasn't gone their way at least once. Like, I don't care who who it is. It's like, they've fallen down. And Mm -hmm. even, um, I I can't remember the same thing stats, but like with Michael Jordan, he talks about like, you know, yeah, like I've missed 42 buzzer beaters and X amount of, you know, winning Mm -hmm. shots and free throws. And it's like, but he still wants the ball, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think that's a good reminder of like, you may mess up and you may not win all the time, but like, if you're not trying, you're not going to see what you can do. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. And like you have such, you know, small amount of experience compared Mm -hmm. to the people you're, you know, competing against, which I think is just amazing again. But that is cool that you're just going in with this growth mindset of, like, every single race I'm going to learn something, whether this goes the way that I wanted to, and, like, maybe mm-hmm. you'll learn even more from times that it doesn't go well. Yeah, and I, I think it's also, you know, a f- like, athletics is a very fleeting mm. thing where mm-hmm. it's, like, I know this isn't like, I'm not going to be at my peak performance forever, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I think there's also for me is like a sense of gratitude of like, Mm. this is so cool that we get to be able to do this. And I want to like, take it all in, like take these experiences and push myself to like any limit that I can. Cause it someday it's not going to be that way. And that's, that's normal. That's Mm -hmm. growing up (laughs) and life changes. But I think that side of things too, um, Uh, not to bring up worlds again but after worlds like I remember I posted something about like it is just such a privilege to be here and I'm Mm -hmm. I will never ever take that for granted because it's like 
who knows? I could break my leg tomorrow and mm. not run again. Who knows? Yeah. You know? And so it's just like having that amount of gratitude for like, um, seeing what you can see, it takes away a little bit of that pressure of like, Hey, if I don't win, it's like, yeah, well, if you don't win, like you didn't even think you were going to do this <laughs> and like, just yeah. enjoy that. Enjoy the moment as much as you can. And obviously you can still be down on yourself. You'll have your pity party, of course, yeah. <laughs> but it's like being a look back and say like, Hey, I still don't regret that decision. And I still got to go to this incredible place and meet these incredible people. And like, that's much more important than like winning. Like, I don't know. I think of races all the time. We, when you're in the race, you're like, everybody's going to remember this forever. And then you're like, Hey, who won this XYZ right. super famous race? And people mm-hmm. are like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, me either. Yeah. And so you're like, you forget how it's like, we have such short, short mm-hmm. memories for that. Yeah, it's like yeah. savoring what really matters and knowing that, like like you said, the long-term game of, like, who won this in 2017. Like, yeah. nobody knows. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nobody cares. Yeah, and, and that's fine, too, you know. And, um, yeah, so it's been just fun that way to, like, look at that mental mental side of the things and just – and also, it's like, I'm just still the same person, you know. It's like yeah. you still do the same thing. Like, even whether I win a race or I lose a race, it's like – I'm coming home and going to be home with Gil and my dog and yeah. have breakfast on Monday and then <laughs> right. do the same thing over. And so it's that perspective, too, of, like, you know, life will go on from mm-hmm. that. And, like, what can you, again, lessons you can learn, why, whether that's specific to trail running or life. So Yeah, and, like, yeah. I think that is such a cool perspective to walk into every day. Like, I get to do this. I get mm-hmm. to go training. I get to wake up early and train. I get to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, we were never guaranteed like mm-hmm. another year of that. And so, yeah, soaking it up as we can is, mm-hmm. is cool that you already have that perspective. And like, I, I find that so fascinating too, cause it's like, versus you being like a runner from the very get go, mm-hmm. like it's, it's kind of cool that you're like, Oh, I, I have this other version of me or mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to say another version, but another, mm-hmm. a different you know, experience growing up. And then now you're kind of like the known name in the trail <laughs> running place. And like, that's such a huge change, but it's almost, I don't know if it would be like a gift a little bit to mm-hmm. kind of come into that as like a more mature human being. Oh, a hundred percent. I think about that all the time. Honestly, is like, I don't think I would have been equipped for this when I was like 20, 21, 22, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like I having like a life and still having a life outside of it, I think really grounds you to the same thing where like if I win this race or if I don't win this race and it goes terribly wrong, Mm -hmm. like I already have like such a foundation of what I love. Like I love being a PT. I love Mm -hmm. being a coach. And it's like at the end of the day, people care about people. And I think I would not have been ready. Like if I was, Looking back at like 20, 21 year old me, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like sad if a boy didn't like me, (laughs) let alone like if I would have been doing a race and Mm -hmm. done, I think it would have been so hard to come over that versus Mm -hmm. now being a little bit older, like understanding all the different perspective. And I even, I mean, I put a lot of pressure on myself, but I can't imagine like being doing that when I was 20, like having a stellar year and then having a sub stellar year and Mm -hmm. like being okay. Like, I don't think I would have been okay. And so it is such a, a blessing in a unique way because I remember my first trail race, I think I was 27, 27 or 28 and I think 27. And 
I remember thinking like, what if I missed my shot? You know, mm. like I'm 27. Like uh-huh. I wish I would have been doing this forever. And it's, it's interesting to think about that. Cause now mm. it's like, you know, I'm 31. And so mm. you're like, well, maybe it's, an interesting thing to think like I thought I like missed that shot and Mm. versus now it's like maybe it was just like everything happened at the right time so yeah it's pretty wild to think about (laughs) yeah that's super awesome yeah what is on the horizon for you training wise coaching wise like what's coming up yeah next big race is the like UTMB finals so that's ultra trail Mount Blanc finals which is in Chamonix France Yeah. So that's, I'm doing CCC, which is the hundred K of that weekend. So they have OCC, which is a 55 K I believe. And then CCC is the hundred K distance. And then UTMB is like the full long distance. I think it's 104 miles. Um, and yeah, that's a big one. That was like my goal. That was my first international race last year. And that was like a big goal. And it was a tough time last year, just like so many changes and being on a start line with, you know, thousands of runners. So this year I was like, I need to do it again. Like literally last year when I crossed the finish line, I was like, well, I got to do that again. <laughs> I was like, redo. Yeah. I was like, I can do so many things better. And so that's the the big plan. And then potentially some winter plans, but I also am going to take a nice, nice break after CCC. I've been ch- training for nonstop for a while now and I just need a little bit of a break but I always laugh because right now I'm like oh I think I need a break and then I'll race and I'll be like okay what's next yeah Yeah. get all motivated again (laughs) so we'll see um there's some fun things like down the pipeline that I'm I'm looking forward to potentially doing and seeing seeing some cool different races and different parts of the world and trying to take advantage of that nice yeah what are you are you saving anything in particular for the off season? Like, oh, I can't wait to eat this or I can't like wait to do this. Oh my this. gosh. Um, there's a bunch of like fun loops in Colorado that mm. I really wanna be able to do. Like um like Pawnee Buchanan is a really cool loop and like four pass loop. Mm. Um there's there's a lot of like mountain adventure things that I want to do that don't fit great within training. Sure. Um and so there's more of those events that it's like there's just like cool routes that I want to want to do that again it's like hard when you're trying to like train and compete at a high level sometimes you have to not do the super like off trail adventure mm-hmm. scrambly stuff because mm-hmm. you're like well that's not gonna like be in a race so it's sometimes <laughs> it's hard because you want to like do all that cool stuff so there's some of that that I want to do and um this fall I really want to go to the Cascades up in Washington like nice look incredible and so hoping to spend just like a long weekend there and like with friends and just Mm -hmm. see that side of the world a little bit more but yeah that's the biggest thing as far as food it's like I mean I ice cream cake last (laughs) night so it's like (laughs) the worst um yeah no no big foods usually I just get excited to like eat my I eat pizza pretty much every week but yeah usually post-race I always like have a pizza and like a beer and things like that because I don't nice. really drink during training or anything like yeah. that and so little um, things yeah little things like that like and I'll probably go go home to Wisconsin too because I um now with running and training in a lot of different places I unfortunately don't get to go home too often so hoping to make a long weekend home and see my family and hang out with my parents <laughs> nice yeah so so that's like the the big things that are 
maybe I mean differently exciting yeah. so yeah I love that that was your answer not like I can't wait to like binge Netflix <laughs> and it's like <laughs> I'm like the worst at watching tv ever also because literally I'm like get home eat dinner and then I'm like okay Go good bed. night yeah. Like, yeah. so yeah no that's, time for uh, that no it's super cool yeah so and hopefully bake a little bit more and take time it's always nice. it's always crazy you don't realize how much time training takes up until mm. like after your race and you're like not running and what I'm do like, I do yeah <laughs> it's like I feel like three extra hours yeah. in this day or like five yeah <laughs> so I'm excited just for that kind of stuff that's super fun yeah um so where can people follow you mm-hmm. find you as a coach and uh kind of find all that good stuff yeah so uh free trail is the website and it has meet the experts and then Hannah Allgood you can also just most likely just Google Hannah Allgood free trail. It'll come up. Um, and then easiest way, like Instagram is she's all good 21. I love yeah. it, by the way. I know. All good. I all know. Good. I know. It's like the best I last name it. ever. Yeah. It's like the easiest thing. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me on there. And then, you know, Strava, if you want to follow me and some of my hill repeats or something yeah. but yeah that's those are the easiest ways to to find me I do have a Facebook but I'm very rarely on Facebook so good for you if you reach out to me on Facebook I'm sorry already I will probably not check that so Instagram is the easiest and then yeah uh, free trail experts perfect awesome yeah. well thank you so much for again being on the podcast sharing your experiences i'm excited to catch up with you after yeah. all the races and hear how they went yeah. um so friends don't forget to follow or subscribe so you don't miss any episodes leave us a five star review and we'll see you in the next one bye friends